podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. Uh, I am your host, Carlos Cooper. With me as always, Dave Gurney and Joe Hilliard. And here today we are going to talk about a movie and drink a beer, not in that order. So to kick it off, I am going to open a beer. This is courtesy of listeners Ruben and Caitlin. Uh, they were in town from Florida recently to get married. I was able to. Uh, they they asked me to DJ, which was uh, I was very an honor. honored an honor, to right? yeah. have been asked to do that. It was a lovely ceremony, I must say. And uh, Ruben had been saying that he, well, Ruben and Caitlin both actually. Every time I saw him. Um, said that they've been wanting to find a way to send us something or to bring something with them whenever they came to like do all the wedding planning stuff and they came through for you boys uh this is from hourglass brewing which Ooh. the bottle says in their website says uh longwood florida they have two taproom locations but longwood is what's on the bottle and uh it is a uh bourbon barrel aged imperial stout called oh giant giant dwarf I'm now, intrigued. This, according to them, long ago in a fermenter right here in Longwood, we brewed a giant imperial stout, laid its rest in bourbon barrels, uh, blah, 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 blah. This double-infused stout uh, was then flavored with espresso from lineage coffee roasting, vanilla mm. beans, cacao nibs, and Italian maraschino cherries. The oh. end result is our giant, giant dwarf. A ludicrously delicious beer that's smooth, complex, and mighty. It won the bronze medal for experimental beer at Copa de Cervezas, uh, and it's 11.5% ABV with a 4.3 rating on Untapped, which is pretty high. Ruben and Caitlin, they they know their pal Carlos and uh, and his pals Joe and Dave. Oh yeah, we appreciate. That. I mean, yeah. like I said, they are listeners of the show. So they know that anything under 5% they will be ridiculed for and that we like the big boys. And this is a big beer. It sounds like a big beer, and, and it's pouring dark and handsome, I'd say, right? <laughs> I mean, this fun. is... Uh, Get your hands off my beer. Just what you want to... Short, dark, and handsome, so, given the small glasses, but... Yeah. So this came into my Ooh, possession super boozy this oh came my into gosh. my possession two weeks ago mm-hmm. and has been sitting in the store with me ever since wow and what willpower it, you've exercised that's, that's exactly what i was saying thank you for appreciating what yeah. i went through mm-hmm. to get us i to can't imagine i mean i i have to think at least a dozen times mm-hmm. between then and now you must have been there with the bottle opener just resting on the cap ready to pull and you just well, you know what I did? They well, thought of me. I didn't refrigerate it until today. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but you could drink this warm, probably. You could. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to warm mine up as we get going. Yeah. I'm going to wrap my hand around this thing. I want it a little warmer. And, uh, right, boozy on the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's a beautiful pour, and, uh, and there is, I, I'm getting a hint of, I mean, I know you've said it in the, the description, the maraschino cherry. I'm getting a hint of the, the yeah. cherry well, there. that's the that thing I'm looking most cherry. forward to. Yeah. They get a little bit of that on the nose. So, David, what movie are we talking about? We are talking this week uh, about a recent release, um, actually released right at the end of 2019 in a limited way, um, I think, to qualify for awards season, but uh, w- wider in January, and that is the film Just Mercy. Uh, starring Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Brie Larson. It is based on the um, memoir 
of an actual uh, attorney, Brian Stevenson, who has made a career out of trying to help death row inmates, essentially, with their appeals and, in some cases, actually being very successful. And this focuses, in particular, on a case that came fairly early in his career, although I think the film takes some liberty with that. Yeah. Um, where he was, um, you know, spoiler, it's it probably uh, apparent just when you're making a movie about a death row inmate being defended by a lawyer that uh, he, he gets him out. But, um, you know, th- this is kind of the film about that process that he went through uh, with this particular inmate who's portrayed by Jamie Foxx and Michael Jordan being the, Michael B. Jordan, I should say, being the uh, Brian Stevenson character. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um you know, you said since, you know, this is film about that it's a it's apparent that, you know, he's going to get out. I didn't know anything about this specific case going in. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I was like, this motherfucker's gonna not going to get out. Uh-huh. Like, they're not right. going to let this dude out. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, uh, that would be so depressing if it ended that way. And I, right. it really got to a point where I started to feel more and more confident that that was going to happen. Okay. And my optimism about the outcome got bleaker and bleaker right now for me the biggest surprise about this movie or one of them there i'll save some of them for the later on in the discussion but goddamn tim blake nelson's so good yeah i mean all, yeah. i mean look we all know that jamie fox is literally like one of the most talented people like in entertainment right now sure. like i knew that i was gonna get something great out of him going in which he was very very you know performing at a very high level but some tim blake nelson's a guy that does not get enough praise for how fucking good he is there is a uh, plot point where he does finally get a new trial secured for mcmillan right the jamie fox character right he, he, walt johnny d mcmillan right mm-hmm. there's there's ob- it's it's a very um the, that this is based on a true story it makes it more compelling mm-hmm. because a fictionalized account of this, you might believe that the cards you're talking about, Carlos, that are stacked against the character are just heavy, heavy plot points. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, the bit of research I did after seeing the film was about the, the, the true to life form. The same thing with honey boy, how true to life was this? That was really, in, I was interested in that. Yeah. And that this is, of course they have to take some, liberties with the story they have mm-hmm. to yeah to make it cinematic to compress time where required but uh for for the most part this is pretty factually accurate and um he uses 60 minutes he gets on 60 minutes to help try to gain sympathy and uh not only to the to the man on death row mm-hmm. that that we all as the audience know at this point is wrongfully uh, uh in jail yeah, yeah. He, he he did not commit this crime. Mm-hmm. But what was the plot point that tied to Tim Blake Nelson that you were? There was a sixty minutes interview that um, that that oh seeing the, the actual that was done. So yeah. I oh, I gave okay, you guys yeah, yeah. the actual right, sixty yeah. minutes thing. It's on YouTube. You mm-hmm. should look it up. It's very interesting. Yeah, I to did. see how well they recreated it and to see if it was really done in real life, and it was. Yeah, yeah. I, and you see the Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, character, the, the the man that he is portraying in real life. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah. dude's an actor. I, I mean, I the the physical, the 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 ticks. It was so fascinating. Yeah. I it was a pretty I, long I, rabbit hole, but I got there. Whew, yeah. I mean, no, no, you did. I, I only saw like a little 
like I guess I think it was just a photo of him at the after the end credits, right? And just from that, it was mm-hmm. like, oh man, they look so. Yeah, yeah I think so of similar. of all of them actually, because I did I had watched the sixty minutes clip um, even before you shared it, just out of curiosity because you I, well, David. no, 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 you yeah. you, you win, David. Uh, it's you not win. a bad No, 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 no. You Don't just had the guy. same idea that I did. It's good. We shared we shared the uh, same interest. Um, because it was used in the film as a plot point that yeah. there was the sixty minute story, and that's what got it the attention it needed to get the appeal. That, you know, so well to break through a corrupt system that wasn't right, going to do justice. Right. Yeah. So then, um, some light on this when when you see it, you know, like he has, especially like I guess it's maybe like a palsy he has, like mm-hmm. a part of his lip is kind of shut, yeah, and he's yeah. only talking out of one side of his mouth. And again, that's like. Uh, you could read that as okay. He's just doing this for this right. character, but right. no, he was really he had obviously studied some yeah. clips of this guy, yeah. if not spent time with him. I don't know. Or, or Myers maybe is dead at this point. I didn't look into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, he mimicked that very well, and uh, and I think of all of them, sort of embodied the physicality of the character. Because seeing the Brian Stevenson character, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is great, he is. magnetic in the film. Yeah. I wouldn't say that he's doing an imitation of the real-life Brian Stevenson. Same with Jamie Foxx to, to, the, to the extent. I think they took the character and did with it what they wanted, yeah. and it comes across well on screen, yeah. but they weren't doing so much of an imitation. N- Nelson, it seemed like, was able to kind of lock into this guy's physicality in right. a way. Which I, I'm sure when you're playing somebody like that, yeah, somebody that's so bad in that yes. way, that it's Good point. Got, it's got to be really helpful for you as yeah. an actor to be able to do that to separate yourself yeah. from them. I think you're right. So that you don't get too locked in that headspace. Sure. Because um, especially with this guy, I mean, real kind of skeezy dude who ultimately does. Who's trying around. to? Who's trying to turn around? Right. I mean, yeah. in, bo- in both. Yeah. I mean, he he is trying to do the right thing as we see him in the film, but he's obviously made some terrible choices throughout yeah. his life, including giving that false testimony originally right. that you know, put the man on himself, death row. Yes, right. You know, like already. Right. Um, I, this film certainly exceeded my expectations. I did not go in with high expectations at all, and I guess it's because they've released the film for award consideration, yeah. of which it has picked up very, very little. Right. Yeah. Which might be a prejudice of mine in that this movie must have failed to hit some mark to not have registered in in the award season right. with everything you expect it to be. Yeah. Big big powerhouse performance by Jamie Foxx. Right. Yeah. Now I will say I enjoyed the film. I, I well and and maybe joy isn't the right thing, but I really was impressed by the it film. It exceeded my expectations. I found it very compelling. Yeah. W- was not bored at all. Although I do think it has a deliberate pace to it. And I think that's very intentional. I mean, this is about men sitting on death row, waiting to die, counting the days down. I think there were there were sections of the film that were meant to make us feel that kind of tedium of just sitting in a cell. Right. There's a few of those scenes that go on between the the three death row inmates that are kind of in cells adjacent to one another, having these conversations, trying to console each other, trying to talk each other through it. And that just has to happen at this the pace that it did. Yeah. But but what I was going to say is I I feel like if this film suffers from anything, it has. I think it felt the the makers, the actors, the director, the screener must have felt an incredible burden in terms of delivering the story in the most sort of truthful way. And again, obviously needing to take some liberties, but not wanting to take so many that they're going to 
undo the the power of the story as it stands. Like you said, Joe, there are elements to this story that if it was a fic- total fiction, people would be saying, oh, this is so ridiculous yeah. and ludicrous. Nobody was ever, like, no town in the South is really this corrupt and, and racist in there. You know, nobody would possibly do, the, well, no, this the all these things are documented. They did happen. Yeah. Playing them out in real time or, yeah. you know, in, in the time that we see in the film. I think it had to be done this way in in some sense to tell this story, but it doesn't feel like a great um, narrative exercise. Let's say it's a, it's very much it needs to take things pretty much chronologically. It needs to take them pretty much from the standpoint they don't get into flashbacks. They don't get yeah. into you know. So th- there are things. Thank God. Yeah, no, I think it was the right choice. But I, I mean, there are just things that I think we look for sometimes when we're looking for films that kind of stand out sure. in the way they do it. And I think this film is its style is to be more restrained and to just let yeah. the story kind of tell itself in a way. And and that doesn't win you points with the Oscar voters or with award voters. Yeah, I you know to go back to what you were saying about the pacing, I at a certain point stopped and was like, okay, this movie feel is starting to feel really long. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel really long in necessarily a bad way where I was getting bored with it. Right, but it was like the. The thing that I recognized at a certain point is I was like, okay, this Herb storyline is a big detour from the Johnny D storyline. Right. Um, which I know it sounds like I'm saying that in a somewhat critical or negative way, but I found it so interesting that even though in the film I cognizantly was like, okay, this feels like a bit of a detour and like we're spending a lot of time on this when mm-hmm. the movie's really marketed to us as being about Jamie Foxx's character, Johnny D. But I thought that that was such an interesting detour to take because it really gives so much more depth to the criticism of capital punishment. Oh, sure. Because, you know, it's showing you a guy who's guilty of the thing that he did. Yeah. You know, like, there's no, like, um, argument to be made about his innocence, not even by him, you know? and. Still, even though we have somebody who's guilty of doing something terrible, what is done to him is equally as terrible. Yeah. And I think that provides just a lot more oomph to the kind of perspective that the film has taken, well, which is that capital punishment is bad. Right. And, and it ups the stakes for Jamie Foxx, right? And, yeah. and, and, and for Johnny D. The fact that we've seen a man put in the chair and receive his last right you know like yeah. th- that is it it's and happened. so you you see like the process happen you know it yeah. works and th- this could be coming down on johnny d so i think it it does play a narrative role in a yeah. couple different ways um but well, it, it provides a rebuttal and, and and it provides a level of fairness to those that would criticize the film without that plot device right yeah as being heavy-handed in giving us so so we'll, we'll show you that it does affect you know but if we can make you sympathize with herb we can still follow the same theorem here sure which is that um well there's one of two number one the death penalty is bad or number two there are social injustices that exist within our justice system mm-hmm. that prevent a system that has capital fun- punishment as the be all end all the thing you really don't want um that is distributed in a way that there are no innocent people that right. that, that, that is done to 
but the statistics are overwhelmingly st- staggering. Yeah, that there's a lot of innocent good. people on death row. Right, and then what right. the film just shows you, and it does it in a way that's just shy of, you know, after school special. Because that's what, kind of what I expect in these kinds of films. They are yeah. here to hammer me over the head with some kind of social point. Right. Now, when you agree with the social point, then it's a little easier to digest. But yeah. this falls shy of it with such amazing performances. Yeah. I think dialogue that can sometimes be a little heavy-handed, but okay. Yeah, there, and, there, there, is, there is a lot of kind of blatant exposition yeah. and moralistic uh, speech-making right. that, that goes yeah. on. But, um, but if the purpose of the film is to show you that social injustice exists mm-hmm. and, and the, the cards are stacked against specific types of people in this system... Yeah. Does a fair job. Yeah. And I don't disagree with the point they're trying to make. Right. No, nor do I. And I, nor, nor would I think a lot of audiences, even even somebody who's maybe uh, a supporter of the death penalty, I think it would be hard for them to come away from this film feeling like it was unfair somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could see like, okay, yes, you're you're picking a a certain story, but they also, I think having the, er, the Herb story helps to counterbalance that to some extent. Like, okay, here is a man who admits that he he killed. He, you know, is is remorseful for it, but he did it. And, you know, ultimately the state puts him to death. And I think if somebody really believes in that system, and it, they could walk away feeling like, okay, well, that's that's the price that this man has to pay for having made this mistake um, or, or made that, done that action. You know, however that, you think about that. Um, in Johnny D, you know, okay, he justice was initially miscarried, but somebody came along and helped it. I mean, I feel like this is a film to me at going in as somebody who does not support capital punishment. I can certainly see it supporting my point of view, but I fully believe that somebody could go in feeling the other way and not necessarily have this film clobber them in a way where they're like, Oh, this is an unfair treatment of the topic. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right about that. You know, you know, I, I, I also didn't necessarily have uh, high expectations for this movie. Um, I almost kind of felt it a chore to go see it. Uh, <laughs> Bingo. Um, this is the one we picked? Okay. Yeah, because, you know, only because there's something like Bad Boys or Underwater or, you know, more, M- more fun. More film. Yeah, more fun, like, fast-paced. Yeah, you're like, going to the movies to take your medicine. Yeah, and, but, and this one's not fun, like, at all. Right. In fact, you know... I, when, you know, when it started, I was like, all right, here we go. You know, let's, uh, whatever. But then I'm like, I'm fucking pissed during this movie. Yeah, like, no I'm like, idea. I am getting so invested in oh, it yeah, and sure. I'm so fucking angry at a certain yeah. point, yeah. like having a hard time, you right. know? And is that when the, the is that when, uh, Chapman says, no, I won't help. That's when you're really mad. First of all, he's a fucking cunt. Yeah. But see, <laughs> when you go to the 60 minutes piece, you see that it's a real dude. That he's really, that, that really cunty? believes that. But, thing. but, that, but, but that is the one that I think was the furthest stretch in the, ter- in terms of having uh Rafe, uh, Spall as the character uh-huh. there, who's like, he doesn't a fairly, look like him at fairly all. Fairly attractive young younger actor. I mean, he's probably like forty something, I yeah. guess now. But you know, like he, he's he comes thirty six. So okay, all right. Well, they, but they make Yikes. him look a little older, I guess. Yeah. But you know, he, he but he comes across even with glasses as a fairly attractive dude. Who yeah, he's not a, bad. Looking. Anyway, you know what I mean. Like seeing the sixty minutes piece, uh-huh. who the actual uh, you know Chapman is. Yeah. He's like the stereotypical, like chubby Southern yeah. district attorney who is blatantly. We don't make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. right, right, and just unwilling to hear any evidence uh-huh. to the contrary, yeah. and you know, and really does yeah. seem like he's totally unbothered by the fact that they're 
likely going to be, you know, at the point that they're doing the interview, likely going to be putting to death this man who yeah. is uh, totally innocent. Clear, and, he's and like, no, so yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, right. Which, you know, I don't know. Who knows if the real... The, the 60 Minutes piece was cases. actually way more disturbing than the film. Yeah, okay. really? Oh, yeah. Well, just seeing the real, especially the Chapman, the, you know, figure, the, just seeing that that is... It, again, if this was a fictional film and you had... That guy, I mean, I'm trying to think of an actor who I would cast who would look more like him. Um, Mitch McConnell? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, there, and he's I not kinda, an actor. I, I, I know, but I, I, I did a quick Google search and I got I'm Mitch thinking. McConnell vibes. From well, him. there you go. But, it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you would put this guy who's slightly chubby, who's got the southern accent, who's talking about S- how... Stephen Root with a, like a bit of a mullet. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I could see that. He, I could he see him was, pulling uh, it off. You know, he was a a lawyer in a, mm-hmm. a bombshell. Right, Just right. Give, him, give him a southern twang and yeah. a, a little bit I, shittier. Although he, he has, like, kind of a charisma to him. Like, th- this was, like, this guy's Stephen just... Root's too likable, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... Maybe John Voight? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. With, uh, John, John Voight was a little too, bit I'll of a this, I'll play this game for 30 more minutes. I don't <laughs> want to. John Voight's too old But for the, this the point is, is I think, again it would have felt like, oh, you're just doing a caricature of yeah. a Southern District attorney. I think they actually make him look as good as they possibly could <laughs> yeah. in this film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think anybody could walk That's away from this film thinking, of fairness. Yeah, thinking like, oh, they really you know, gave it to Seminized him. No, they made him look pretty good. I mean, right. if I'm Chapman, I'm like, oh, they got Rafe Spall to do me? Oh, right. <laughs> that guy Chapman, looks good. I think Chapman watched the 60-minute pizza piece of which he was a subject and went, well, damn, now that they say it like this, <laughs> he is <laughs> innocent. Yeah. I, mean, I really think that happened. Probably, like, it's yeah. very uh, likely. Yeah. I, think. Yeah. I, I, you know, well, I, it, but the but the scene, Joe took a stab at it right. and was incorrect. But I was furious at what he mentioned. But the scene where my like anger really mm. peaked was when they pull Brian over for no oh, fucking yeah, reason. Sure, right, and yeah. Once that happened, I, oh my god, I was fucking right. Oh, of course. Wall. I mean, just uh, and you know. You know, as this was going on, again, like, I have no idea anything about this story. I've never right. really even heard of it. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, I'm watching this, and I'm like, really? Like, what the fuck do you do? Like, at a certain point in the movie, you're just like, you're fucked. Like, yeah, you know? that's like, what Jamie Foxx says to him when, when the lawyer comes to Jamie Foxx the first time. It's like, you, you, you don't even do understand yeah. how... Yeah. And then... How and, how how over your head you are, and then my millennial brain kicked in, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you got to go to like the news. Yeah, like that's the only, and then that, and then that's what happens. Yeah, I'm like there's no, that's the only thing you can do is the to national like, put, news is to put yeah. like media pressure on people to do right. the right thing, which is so fucked up. Now, w- one other thing before we, I know, I know we're kind of coming to the end of this segment here, and I, and I get that, but. W- I do think, you know, one thing that this film may suffer from, too, and, what, and another reason why maybe it doesn't didn't get any award attention um, or significant award attention, I don't know, it may have gotten some minor stuff, but um, the, it doesn't really allow for character development no. in the way that you would want in almost any other film. It's too... It's too rich of a story and just all of its details that it needs to bring that across. And yes, you have amazing performances from Jordan and Fox and Nelson. And I would say even Larson, although she's probably the most paper thin character in the entire thing that has a significant. She she is, but I will say I'm coming around on her as a 
as an actress. In oh, general. okay. I've never been a big fan. I, I've always I'm liked her. I'm starting to like her. Yeah. I, but, but all I'm saying is that it really does not, like, I mean, we get a little nod to it in the beginning with Stevenson leaving his home and his mom saying, you're still my son, you know, like, but then parents don't exist don't after that. Again, there's yeah. no, like, phone call. There's no, you know, Jamie Foxx and his, you know, like, yeah, there's some, like, glimpses of his family and how they feel about him. But that's He's just probably the most very quick. He probably the is the most developed character, but it's so much about his the state that he's in rather yeah. than like the person he is and what got him there and all that. So, you know, all I'm saying is that it, it really, I think, from the standpoint of, a, a, you know, those who are looking for awards, I can understand understand why a lot of people maybe weren't thinking oh these are over the you know incredible performances because these actors aren't really given enough to be able to develop those characters in ways that probably would have gotten that kind of attention and they're they're very loyal to the subject matter i think they do exactly what's called for by the script yeah Yeah. Uh, i and if i ever sounded glowing i you know i I am a fan of anything that will mm-hmm. turn a flashlight onto certain sure. types of issues. I mean, this and is, this is one of those movies that you'll yeah. watch once, say that was great, and probably not think of really ever again until you're at a cocktail party and conversations comes up about death row movies, and yeah. you can say that you saw this one. Yeah. I might think of it, but I'm not. I don't know if I'll ever necessarily watch. Well, it wasn't no. like you said; it isn't a pleasant it's film not to watch. Pleasant, it's no. like not even in the way that like a horror film is yeah. unpleasant. It's just unpleasant because it is like social real. It, this is because like that shit happens. Real. Like, yeah, right. literally, like if you're wearing a badge, you can basically do whatever the fuck you want. Like yeah. it's and that's like and especially like in the climate that we're in now, and the fact that that's becoming a more like relevant topic of discussion and it's becoming clearer and clearer that that's the case when we see like so many people just getting Well, people like, are speaking out about it more and, and yeah. they're gaining more. It, which, well, that's what I'm saying. Which is isn't a, necessarily taking, yes, but there is more of a spotlight on it. Yeah, You're right. It's, it's not necessarily that it's happening more or whatever, but it's that people are finally not just becoming aware of it, but feeling like, yeah. okay, like Let me, I've got to talk about this. And I, you know, the awards thing keeps coming up because, you know, the marketing for this movie is... Michael B. Jordan and or you know Jordan and Fox are Oscar, or, yeah. at or yeah. at Oscar level. Right. Like you see it in the trailers, or whatever. But it's really just not that well directed a film. Yeah, like it really isn't. Like well, there's nothing. It's a very basic story. There and... is nothing super interesting yeah. going on. There isn't like any kind of stamp put on it by the director himself. It's just we're gonna set these scenes up. We're gonna set the camera in a place, and we're gonna let you guys go and that's about it yeah. like there's really not a lot happening as far as artistic I, decisions being made it yeah. is totally a movie that is designed to tell a story effectively yeah and it fucking crushes at yeah. that but yeah. as far as going above and beyond or adding any kind of you know well, there's not like it's it's a film the style is about restraint it's about yeah. letting the story speak for itself and and i to that end i don't think it, it it's worth mentioning I haven't seen this guy's other films, Destin Daniel Cretton, who who is the director, but um, a chronic Brie Larson collaborator. Yeah, it seems like it. Short Term Twelve, which I remember hearing about I saw years that. ago. I saw it on Netflix. Um, I, I saw, I saw it, that. I, I remember it being really critically lauded, and ninety eight percent this and that, and you should see it because it's on Netflix. And mm-hmm. I watched it, and I didn't think it was all okay. anything much. And The Glass Castle, strangely enough, I've actually read the book that it's based on, but I've not seen the film. Um, So I don't know. But but at the same time, I think he did a good job with it. I agree with you, Carlos, that this isn't something that's like going to establish somebody as a visionary storyteller. 
but it, but it does, I think, show that he's very capable of telling a, a story. Yeah, he's capable of not happens. fucking up a good script. Yeah. Because the script is very good. What about Giant Giant Dwarf? Is that really, really, really good? <laughs> it is very good. I'm enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. You know, I, I think uh, w- when it comes to these kind of, you know, barrel-aged imperial stouts, this is right up there. It, it's, it's doing a good job with what it does. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the cherry. I think I got more in the nose than I actually got in the flavor. Yeah, uh, which is, I think, a good thing. But that's fine. Yeah, you don't, you don't want that, you know, especially a maraschino cherry. You don't necessarily want that to become overpowering and, and kind of too sweet. Um, it's actually kind of a dry drink in, yeah, in a way. A like as I'm sipping on it, it kind of like every sip, it dries right out. Makes yeah. me want to drink some more. The only, I think, thing that I would say is, I would not be upset about there being more coffee. Yeah, but I'm definitely not disappointed about the amount of coffee. Yeah, I think it's a very solid. I think this beer, beer is firing on all cylinders, my and friend. And it's yeah. a uh, it's a very very pleasant drink. Yeah. and right. I would 100% drink it again. Yeah, I think this one's firing on all cylinders. I think that the cherry accents that bourbon barrel in a very very delicious way at the end mm-hmm. i would agree and i would say uh drink it warm i was warming it up on purpose because i mean not warm like room temperature but you were yeah. you were you, gripping you were your glass with your hand it. I, I get it 10 to 15 yeah. degrees lower than that than than what's going to come out of the fridge yeah. i would dare i say uh the the fluffer what's it called fluffer, fluffer mallow the f- fluffo, uh, sando. fluffo sando fluffo sando yeah. is uh, this is nipping on its heels as best beer of the year this I, beer is hitting me everywhere I needed to be hit tonight I think I'd still put fluffo sando comfortably above this uh, but think, uh, this is really good more, this is right? really good all right yeah. get yourself some giant 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 from hourglass giant giant and, uh, giant, giant, and giant, dwarf. giant giant dwarf that's <laughs> the cheers triple. to Ruben and Caitlin for thank, you guys. thank you thank you guys that was a success uh, yeah very enjoyable. Look forward to potentially uh, getting more beer from them. Can I take us out to the break? Sure. Uh, one of the interesting conversations I always enjoy us having is when we pair a film with the for the feature of the episode. Mm-hmm. And we had a wide selection of things to to consider if we're going to do a death row movie. Uh, Green Mile, Dead Man Walking are the first that leap to mind if we're doing a fictional narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said earlier it's not a movie I want to watch again, or it's not it's not a fun movie to watch. Those are two movies about death row that we're not going to discuss in the second half. Are those fun to watch? Do you want to watch those again? I've never seen either. Mm. You've never seen Green Mile. Oh, I find that okay. I I would say no to well no I I don't think either but for different reasons because Green Mile is on TBS like people love the Green Mile people love yeah the Green Mile. I, I don't like Green Mile um, but that that's for it, it's probably too much to get yeah, into right now yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do that some other time Dead Man Walking it's more because it is so depressing so intense and is I that just, the Johnny Depp movie no Sean, uh, Penn. Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon playing a, a nun who is. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah. But but Johnny Depp but is those just are called Dead Man. Well, there there is yeah, a there John is a Johnny Rouge. Depp film, the Dead Jim Man, but it's not about Death Row. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, but those aren't fun to watch either for you. No. No. But Dead I Man think Walking is Green like Mile taking though medicine. is like an entertaining film right. for for some people. People love that yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, but that's but yeah. So when we come back, yeah. I mean, we didn't pick either of those. Well, well, We're going to talk about a film that actually takes different. it from a more. Um, well, before that, oh. Shawshank is not death row specifically, no. but it's no. not 
far off in tone. No. It's very bleak in the And that's a fun like, movie to watch. I like to watch that movie. That's a fun movie yeah. to watch. There are, there are there are comedic well, that's elements. like a pool party movie. That's like you get your friends out in an inner tube and you're like, <laughs> hey watch dudes, Shawshank. let's put on Shawshank. <laughs> it's a Shawshank. It's a, <laughs> it's a Shawshank shindig. It's, We're going to redeem ourselves. We're going to Shawshank it. Shindig. <laughs> Title of the episode. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to It's talk a Shawshank of- surf party. <laughs> Stop. Hey, guys, guys, watch. This is where he hangs himself. Uh, we are going Damn. Uh, we're going to talk about more uh, bleak and devastating crap when we get back. <laughs> So we're, we're going to uh, be talking about a documentary about Death Row here in the second half of the episode. And before we get into talking about it, we're going to get another beer going. And the first half of the episode, we had a dark, rich, imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with some adjuncts. So we're going to go a little lighter this time. Um, we're we're going to bring some levity to the situation with... Uh, beer from Crane Brewing. They are out of uh, Raytown, Missouri. Our first beer from Missouri. Welcome, Missouri. Yeah. And this is their Guava Weiss. It is a Berliner-style sour ale brewed with guava. It is 4.3%, so sorry, Carlos. This is going to be like, a, I guess, a little uh, hydration session for you. <laughs> but um, but I'm, I'm hoping the flavors are there because uh, certainly with the guava and they, and they talk about tropical vibes with this latest version of their German Berliner. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll refresh ourselves with this as we're talking about some dark subject matter still in the second half of the episode with, uh, I don't know, Joe, do you want to talk about the film that well, we're going to be? Werner Herzog, he'll uh, do a, a documentary and then he'll do a... Uh... What was the Nicolas Cage film? The crazy bad one? lieutenant, Port of oh, Call, New yeah. Orleans. Th- that oh, yeah. which you, if you haven't seen, watch it immediately. Well, let's. I, I feel like we if we're, if we're going to talk about Werner, yeah. Then then let's you know Werner Herzog, no, huge figure of the German New Wave coming out of the late 1960s through the 70s, well known for his collaborations with Klaus Kinski. Uh, in in that time period, right? Um, Nosferatu being one of those. Uh, <laughs> Joe fucked this up. I did not. There's uh, some some beautiful movies that he he made there. Agira, Wrath of God, Fitzcarraldo. Um, so primarily known as a fictional film director. There it is. But um, but as Joe pointed out, also throughout over the years, working in documentary, and I think in the later part of his career, even more so, going back and forth. And uh, looking it into the abyss, the, the the one that I believe is the most popular documentary ever made, uh, being Grizzly Man. That that would certainly be the one that got the most attention. Right. What is that one? It's that's a guy that uh, got eaten by a grizzly bear after <laughs> he had had after he had kind of created for himself an identity of being one that could live at one with the grizzly bear. He was a big oh. advocate for their protection. Ends up getting uh, eaten by one. Right. It was this guy, Timothy Treadwell, Mm -hmm. who was uh, 
sort of naturalist. So this and, is yeah. his look at uh, one. He, he actually went out to do four. He went out to go have four different Five. death row cases to be the subject of the documentary. He ended up focusing on one. The other three, I think, were released in a series. Well, he, he yeah, ended up were. doing more. Like, uh-huh. he, yeah, that, but it, initially starting as four, like it was going to be a series. Um, he got really interested in this one and developed it essentially into a feature documentary, right. but then still yeah. did a series for Cable. Called that was, Death Row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is um, uh, a, a Death Row documentary. Mm-hmm. Can uh, I, uh, focusing on... No, can, sorry. Uh, I thought... Uh, I thought you were done. It, it focuses on this triple homicide, to finish what uh-huh. I unintentionally cut Joe off from. That's all right. Sure. Michael Perry, right, is the guy's name? Mm-hmm. And then Justin, something with a B, fuck. Um, I don't have it open. Just <laughs> We rely on David for these for the name. Yeah. So, uh, well, so you had Michael Perry. Um, he was on death row, convicted of murdering Sandra Stotler. He, he was the one sentenced to death. And then sentenced his accomplice. To death. His accomplice uh, yeah, Justin Baddock. was Jason Burkett. Mm-hmm. Jason Burkett. Right. Um, okay, so let me, let me just get something out of the way. This is not a good movie. Really? No. It's not Just a good movie. Not a good movie. It's a good story. It's going right in. Hmm. It's an interesting story, but you guys are going to look me in the face and tell me this is a well-directed film. Oh, I'm not ready to say that out loud. That it yet. looks good and that it's I think we need to well I mean, put together. Well, from a visual cinematic perspective. I will tell you that Just Mercy certainly got me just as angry as it did you. You said when you were watching it because yeah. the uh the Issue in that film is the idea that there is a, like I said many times, a an injustice being done based upon so, social or socioeconomic principle. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here. No, these folks committed a crime, and one of them is on death row for it. Mm-hmm. He happens to be a younger man. He does claim to be innocent, but he does. Right. Bri- briefly, which, yeah. which in relation to Just Mercy raises some kind of interesting questions. Well, I think that that's out, really... out of Shawshank Redemption. No one did it. No one did it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the Everyone idea that when you're in innocent. the can, when you're in jail, you're you're innocent. Yeah, that's right. My lawyer fucked me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a funny bit. So, me. yeah, of course, no one is Bring guilty. Bring us back to the Shawshank shindig. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. trying to. But um, this film, I mean, there is no real social injustice. You just happen to live in the uh, death row capital of, of America. Yeah, I mean, there is or, a social... Or rather, in- you ended up in the death row capital of America. Yeah, there is a social injustice in that the death penalty is even being practiced at all. But, like, yeah, they did the thing that they said that they did, by right. all accounts. Yeah, one one would assume so, or Even, one wouldn't question the one 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 that is objective, and which is not the case of Chapman and others in Just Mercy. They're yeah. not objective; they're they're involved in this system. But as an objective viewer, Herzog's says up front at the beginning of the film, "I do not believe that any human should be able to put any other human to death." He, yeah, he, and then, he puts and then it he, out there that this is, but the, but this is not the same type of film. This is no. just a peek into lives that are being affected by this system. Be it the guilty that are being killed, there is no innocent that are being killed. You certainly have some interaction with the victims of the of the, rather I should say, uh, family of the victim yeah, right, in the case. Who are uh, in a, in a way themselves victims of the crime as well? Sure, sure, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, but Carlos, I'm googling like crazy and finding that this is a 
universally lauded film. I know. I agree. I I experienced the same thing. I'm on the same side of the fence as you, my brother. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's wow. not a well-made film. It, it's not that it's not well-made, because what is interesting about it is that Herzog, I don't know if he, I mean, I guess it was intentional. Of course it was intentional, but spent so little time with the figures. One interview each. Uh-huh. I think he was restricted in that way. I don't sure. think that was a choice that he could, made. Could have been. But it doesn't, it gives you very little data to edit together. And they supplement it nicely with, I think, crime, real crime scene footage. Yeah, which is uh, That shows, you know, some of the, the elements of, this, of the crime. That shows you the, the intensity of the crime. That shows yeah. you. But it, it, there's not a lot of sympathy for anyone except for two people that I do think deserve some conversation. But David, are you on the other side of the fence? It sounds like you might be. I am. You're I, a Herzog, like freak, right? I, you you I, love him. <laughs> I I wouldn't call myself a freak. Okay. But I do I didn't mean that negatively. I do love Werner Herzog. You think and, he's and freaky and you like him a lot? <laughs> you, you you think he's freaky. I think he's freaky. Um he is I mean he is I think You're a big fan of him. He his. is a unique voice in filmmaking. No doubt. I don't disagree um, with that though. You know, it was uh, I'm, you know just putting my cards on the table, seeing Agira Wrath of God when I was a college student mm-hmm. in a film class was definitely one of the pivotal moments I've never of seen it. my coming to mm-hmm. appreciate film as a great art form and that something story. that could just provoke thoughts in me that I'd never even expect. Like, what is this film? Where did this come from? Who's this Klaus Kinski? You know, all these questions. Um, Even Dwarves started small, which if you haven't seen, my gosh, what a a crazy exercise that is. Um, Werner Herzog eats his shoe, which is in a film that he made, but one that Les Blank made about him and and his crazy bet with Errol Morris and him. Yeah. I mean, he is just one of those figures who, no matter what, right up to recent day, him appearing in the Mandalorian series. I mean, like very well, by the way. Yeah. So much that I love about Werner Herzog. And one of the things I love about him is just his sensitivity to the human condition and he is an interviewer, I think. Now, from a visual standpoint, this film is shot on cameras that, even in their moment, I were not state-of-the-art. I mean, it was made for low budget, I'm sure, for cable. Um, it wasn't intended for theatrical release initially, and then it kind of just turned into that. And I think the reason I think it was right to turn it into that is because, yes, there were limited access, but one of these interviews in particular, right? I mean, with, with yeah. Michael Perry. Yeah. This is days before this guy is going to die. Eight days. You are watching a man with about a week left to live, um, working through what it means. And I found that so affecting. I found, and I found Herzog's questions and and the kind of responses he was getting very powerful, but not in the hit me over the head kind of like, you know, teaching me a lesson, pedantic kind of way in a very, okay, what, what is your state of mind here? What, what is it that you're feeling right now? You know, what, what are the things you're, and just getting that. And again, this guy, even though he was probably, what was he, probably like 27, 28, 28 when he was yeah. ultimately put to death, yeah. he seemed like he was a 15-year-old to me. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, he, he seemed like he had been arrested in his development b- before he even committed the crime yeah. and just hadn't progressed beyond that. And it was it was so, um, it just, it made, it nauseated me. I felt like we, as a society, and I, here I am as a Texan, right, like li- living here in the state, we are putting a child to death 
for making terrible, terrible choices. And I'm I'm not making any excuses for Michael Perry and what he did. And yes, he still, I think, couldn't accept his own guilt. And I and I do think he was probably guilty. I think that was a choice that Her- Herzog made too, that he didn't want to get into the weeds of whether or not, right. he didn't want to litigate this. It wasn't about him finding a lawyer or the lawyer doing the wrong thing or anything like that. Yeah. It's kind of, he puts aside the question of, did this happen or did this not? And he just shows us how does an event like this play out and affect all these people's lives. And and as Carlos said, seeing those interviews with the family members who had been impacted, I mean, that's sad too. That nauseated me as well. Like the, yeah. the thought of them losing their loved ones and, and, and the sort of... Um, you know, the needlessness of this whole series of events. Oh, it's a very senseless crime. Yeah. It's just or it's, a fucking Camaro. It's a, oh, it's no. a shitty it was, car. Or a joyride. No. And and that whole sequence where they go to the impound the yard. Oh, the impound and yard. and the car that's like essentially been ruined by trees growing up through it. And like yeah. I mean like this thing that caused somebody's death or actually multiple people's death. Yeah. Basically became this discarded object that meant nothing to anybody ever again. Yeah. It's I mean, it just is like most just material things. Yeah. I mean, you know, except for records, records are always worth something. <laughs> I mean, hey, except hey, when they hey, get smashed. Hey, oh my God. That I don't box. disagree with hey. anything that you just said, except that I still don't uh, think that this is a very powerful film. Uh, no. Vinyl is forever. <laughs> I had to say it. Like, except when jackasses don't take care of it. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about that crate that came into your store that all of them were like chipped to hell. And oh, so, yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Right. Um, are we okay? Yeah, yeah no, we're right. good. We're it was good. just a sad it, story. It was a very sad story. Um, <laughs> not as sad as Into the Abyss. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so yeah, and that's where I wanted to go, Carlos, was you saying this is not a great film, and then me trying to sit there and say, I've just missed this one, because it's kind of universally lauded as a fantastic documentary. And yeah. Then I'm thinking, well, Grizzly Man didn't really affect me to that degree as well. I might just have a Herzog allergy. You know, except that I do like a lot of stuff. He doesn't. That he's done. I, I will say that he does not pander to us as audiences with his documentaries. He puts things out there. He he sort of presents them to us. He gets the evidence that he wants to put forth, and he gives it to us. I think one of his most interesting documentaries that I've seen is a film called Lessons of Darkness. He filmed the uh, the oil fields in Kuwait that in that first uh, Gulf War that uh, the retreating Iraqi army had sort of lit a flame and then just kind of left behind, like essentially like, you know, screw it if we're retreating, you can you can deal with our messy aftermath here. And he filmed it, a lot of it just from helicopters from above and laid over this voiceover that's very poetic in certain ways. Not a lot of information gets delivered, but it's such an effective, weird experience this is more direct, but I think he, in his fictional films and his documentary films, is often about bringing things to us in ways that we're not anticipating or we wouldn't anticipate and doing it, um, and that frustrates a lot of people. So I can understand. I mean, I think a conventional filmmaker would have spent time with the lawyers involved in this case, would have spent time with more of the evidence, more of the crime scene footage. I think they would have been able to make something that was more like a 48 hours episode. Yeah, but see, that you probably the would have that I I needed uh come across like, as more like, like a layperson's version of this. I just found the subjects themselves not that interesting except for 
the woman who I guess is has married the the, mm. the guy that's gonna that has the forty year term, not the life sentence. Who's been impregnated? Who by him. we yeah. believe then smuggled his semen out of the prison, and she impregnated herself with it. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating. Yeah. But it also shows you the kind of. I was about to say something maybe gross. It shows you the fact that we're not dealing with really smart people. And and, and and therefore, they've made some really dumb decisions. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then the, the movie is bookended by two of the most compelling characters. Number the, 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 the movie opens with a gentleman who kind of tasked himself with, with being present mm-hmm. to death row inmates who don't have anybody else that can be present there with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the chaplain. No family. No, right. Chaplain, thank you. Yeah. And then the ex captain of the who led the entire system for 125 he said or so um executions that said he woke up with night sweats and vomiting and whatever it was saying i can't do this any right, longer right and um basically the ptsd that he must have gotten on the job yeah here in america yeah. here in our state that we live in right now yeah uh doing something that is that is that is unspeakable if the notion is that one innocent person could be going through this system. Right. The problem I guess have I have with the film is that, it, that you can't build sympathy for any of them, except except for those that have lost their loved one. I mean, the, you know, the victims of the crime certainly, but uh, for the eighteen year old who now lives twenty eight but still yeah. looks like he's eighteen, yeah. Ma- you know it. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. So yeah. So so uh, so my biggest thing thought provoking, and we had two different thoughts. I mean, all at the end of the day, that's the entire conversation. Yeah, I mean, so so my biggest thing about it is that, um, not that it's not a good movie, or I mean, let me rephrase. It's a great story, and it's very compelling, Mm -hmm. and I find a lot of aspects of it very interesting, Mm -hmm. um, including you know part of how it's presented and the like conversations that he. I think the conversation he's a very adept interviewer. Mm -hmm. He's an interesting guy. My biggest thing about it is it looks terrible and the music in it is bad. Mm. And from every other, like the screen, the actual screenwriting part of it and the way that he stitched these interviews together to form a cohesive narrative is well done. Everything outside of that is half assed. Mm. I mean, you, you, low you budget, know, low budget beyond repair. Yeah, low budget beyond repair. But you look at him alongside, or you look at this at least alongside um, someone who was mentioned earlier, um, Errol Morris. Mm-hmm. Brilliant interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cinematographer. Yeah. Like the way he shoots interviews is visually compelling. And yeah, is interesting and is really well done. Yeah. And I think that might be kind of the benchmark of like how to do this. Yeah. And no, I mean, and this one from a visual perspective and everything else falls radically short of anything that could be considered really good yeah. cinematography or like visual aspects of a documentary. And you know, I, I I've know. seen I, I, I've seen a lot worse. Yeah. I will yeah. not. I will not say that it is the greatest. And I will. Admi- and I will fully go there with you. Where, but but I but I want to give, you know, my last point mm-hmm. was that I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he is dealing with prison systems and things right. that where his access and the things he is allowed to do are going to be restricted. Right. And so, uh, you know. I can reconcile a little bit of it that way, but at the same time, I've seen this movie before. I did not remember any of it. Mm. Like, 
really. As I was watching it the second time mm-hmm. a few hours ago. Oh, you had seen it already. I had seen it oh, once okay. in like 2013 or something. Okay. Um, and uh, as I was watching it again today, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this guy. Like when the guy who actually carried out the executions mm-hmm. comes in i was like oh fuck i forgot about this dude yeah and then because as i started it even just seeing the thumbnail i remember michael perry's face yeah i like that's a hard face to forget yeah and i was like oh maybe i started it and never finished it and then the farther into it i got i was like i kind of remember this too and then yeah. when you meet um jason yeah his Burke, wife or the the right the, yeah jason's yeah, wife melissa remember. yeah um who's got to be fucking nuts, right? Like, good God. Uh, Though even no, she, she's, she's but, not the but girl even that she, would ever fall yes, for an inmate. She's, but that's, it's you know, weird. I know Joe said, like, I can't feel for these people because they're not that smart or whatever. No, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did say that. You, you did. said we're not dealing with smart people. Yeah. That's it, true. It, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I can't, I mean, like, I, I understand where you're coming from. But they're just as human as we are. I didn't say and, that. And I and I and I and I feel for these people. And even her in her strange story, it's like clearly there is something in her life that led her down this path and 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 caused her to have this fascination with and whether that's she want she's somebody who's, you know, sort of uh compelled to fix things and sees this person who's you know, she feels has been wronged and she can help, you know, repair his life by being, I don't know. It's, I think it's wrongheaded. I think it's not a healthy thing that she's done for herself or, or for him even in, for that matter. Well, maybe for him, but, uh, but it's fascinating. I just find it like, so, and I think that's, and I could feel that. And that's, that's the thing that I, that I think cuts across all Werner Herzog films is I think he just finds the eccentricities of human behavior very fascinating and i go there with him no i completely agree in the sense of the story of the smuggled semen is certainly eccentric yeah and presented in such a cavalier way and Mm -hmm. like she's sitting there going i can't discuss this i can't discuss this but it's very clear everything that has happened so let's just discuss it There is a lady in Roger and Me, and that's a town hit oh, hard. Are we who, talking about the rabbit? Who's just skin and yeah. rabbits. Yeah. And I love that lady. And you can present people that are different than yourself sure. in a way that is more compelling, I believe, than he did with subjects that ultimately weren't, with no offense to those who lost their lives, yeah. that interesting, yeah. except for those bookended characters that I right. discussed. Yeah, because I mean, there's the depth of the film. This is a kid that's still denying he did anything and is still just as immature as he whatever. So I mean, so it's just he was dealt baybe bad cards of the case not being that interesting that he ultimately ran well, with. I think the case for is me. interesting. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think. I think his biggest thing. Is the restrictions that were placed on him in terms of access to well, the prison? Well, and the scale people. of the project, it was originally thought to yeah. be just part yeah. of a series, and these were going to show on cable. But it is and, universally yeah. lauded as a critically successful documentary that all oh, should yeah. see. Well, people, I, th- I think, it, 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 and, I, and I think people were also more forgiving of the of the visuals, uh, you know, ten years ago. When it, when yeah, it was sure. Made. So, um, and I'll to the it. to the music, that was Mark uh, Digley and Tony. I mean, this is. Uh, not not just uh, nobody, right? I didn't I didn't care for it. At all. I, I I'm not it, even saying I, it didn't even stand out to me, but I just looked it up and I'm like, oh wow, that pales, soul coughing pales in comparison 
to his Popova collaboration. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, Herzog has had some great soundtrack uh, artists in in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to... Well, I'm sorry you guys were a little bit uh, underwhelmed. No to apologize. Well, no, I mean, we, we, we needed to pick, we, well, we wanted to pick something well, that was about Death Row. A Herzog documentary that I'd never seen, I'm glad that I could check it off of my list. I completely understand why you enjoy it. It just mm-hmm. didn't hit all the right buttons for me. I, yeah. I don't think, you know, saying that I was underwhelmed is necessarily false, but I think it somewhat does a disservice to how I felt about the movie or like my at least experience watching it. You felt there was power to the story, but then it just, it wasn't executed as well as you would have hoped. Yes. However, there is one other thing that I, um, that really, um, kind of seeped into my brain Mm -hmm. as I was watching it that I hadn't brought up yet. And it is the way that Herzog presents um, the different characters' opinions on the death penalty in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the father of one of the murderers is very anti, and like went and testified at his, his son's sentencing right. to get him off of the death penalty. Yeah. Whereas you have the family of the victim being like, "Yeah, fuck that dude." Like yeah. I felt so great, or not great, but. I felt so much better knowing that like he was gone and she says the sister of one of the uh, uh, victims says Mm -hmm. very matter of factly in plain English, some people don't deserve to live. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's, you know, I think that's interesting. I think that uh, raises some interesting questions and um, is kind of bold and, presenting it that way yeah i mean it's definitely not nothing that you know there are two very drastic sides to this yeah coin you yeah know? um and you know so i thought he did that very well and i think it was a very important part of the film mm-hmm. that doesn't get enough doesn't get a ton of screen time i mean the father of one of the murderers gets a little bit more yeah in the you know next part but it's kind of just here and there and you're done yeah but you know i don't know it yeah. was uh that was that was part that I took exceptional note of uh, compared to everything else. Yeah. I was like, there's something that is happening here yeah. that is worth examination. A, yeah, absolutely. Big moment. And there's a few in there. So Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, what did we think about uh, the guava weiss from uh, Crane Brewing as we were, we were drinking this? I mean, I feel like this may be one of the most mismatched beers that we've ever done <laughs> pairing-wise because I'm sitting yeah. here and I feel like I'm on a tropical island. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying Talking this. Talking about Texas Death I think this is great, but yeah, no, like the yeah. subject matter-wise, there's nothing light and, and, and refreshing, refreshing about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe this beer has helped lift my spirits a little bit, but I think this is really good. I mean, there's a lot of guava in this. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm getting that. Huge, huge guava flavor. What, what I, do you guys think? I am enjoying it a great deal. I have found myself gravitating more towards this style in recent months. The Berliner? Have. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, something tart, something light, refreshing. Yeah. Um, it's been a little more um, appealing to me as of late. Right on. Um, so this one, uh, you know, definitely hit the spot for me. 
Cool. Enjoying it. Even though, you know, I got a smaller pour than everybody else at the Bullshit, beginning. dude. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> That's not the truth. We had two bottles. So yeah, two yeah, bottles. Yeah, worked, second one, worked. Joe had to open the second bottle. I was going to say that that 4.3 after the, the beer that we had in mm-hmm. the first half kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah. Was it going to be really you. evenly mismatched? But guys, I've been looking for a crushable beer, a new crushable beer. Yeah, I have found it. This four point <laughs> three, could get filled it. with the flavors that it. it's filled with the uh, the guava weiss by uh, Crane Brewing. The pity is I don't live in uh, Baytown. Raytown, Raytown, yeah. rather. Yeah, thank you, Raytown, Missouri. So I'm not going to get my hands on this for a long, long while. No. But this makes me just when I think sours aren't my thing. Yeah, I find one that just keeps me keeps me interested, and yeah. this one certainly has great job, Crane. And I look forward to drinking more beers from you guys yes. when we can get our hands on them. Right. And how so, many episodes are we in? We're in the mid seventies, and we've just now getting to Missouri. I know. Yeah. Hey, so many states in the union, so many countries. Well, we're ticking them off one at a time. Yeah, it's happening. Our march toward fifty Sl- in two thousand twenty continues slowly, but total sure. country di- denomination. Domination. Domination. <laughs> Domination. Uh, I, you know, I really do. I really do think that we are gonna get there. Oh yeah, this easily. year, easily. I yeah. think in twenty. I think twenty twenty is a year with listeners like. Help me with their names. Ruben and Caitlin. That bring Absolutely. us giant, giant dwarf. My second favorite beer of two thousand and twenty. Lovely stuff. That's bold. Yeah. Crane number three. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be visiting Hawaii soon. Yes, let's let's. We should go to Hawaii very soon. We yeah. should. Yeah, uh, maybe Montana. Yeah, mm, I can I can see that happen. Stay uh, tuned. <laughs> so, did you see Just Mercy? Have you seen Into the Abyss in the past? Um, are you going to be watching any of these after listening to this episode? If you haven't seen it already, let us know what you think, what you thought what you're looking forward to. Uh, you can find us on all of your favorite social media channels on Twitter at beer movie show, Instagram at beer in the movie, facebook.com slash beer in a movie TX. As always, beer in a movie podcast.com is our home base. You can find a link to listen to this, which you're already listening to and all of our past episodes. Absolutely free. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribing helps you stay abreast about when all of our new episodes are dropping, which is every Wednesday, and rating and reviewing us helps us out a great deal. Let's us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. Um, send us beer. Uh, 2020 is the year that that's going to become a thing, I think, maybe. Um, uh, what did what did Kyle say to you that... Uh, ticked you off um he said that he needed to have a serious kyle helcher no 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 no. kyle ferguson oh uh, oh oh, oh. He, he, he said he left a comment um, we were I talking about how uh, uh joker yeah the, joker's the, the, better the, the than taxi three driver. of us we didn't like joker he was like i don't understand why all the hate for joker it's better than taxi driver it totally kicked taxi driver's ass or something yeah, like that and i was like yeah. what shout out to <laughs> him for crazy <laughs> We're revoking your number one fan license. Shouts no. out to him for bringing the hot takes. Bring us your hot then takes. He said he'd send we, us we, love our, we love our fans. I, I we, love, we, I love, we the love hot their takes. hot takes. That's what I'm Absolutely. saying. Is I want to see more Kyle Ferguson's on our social media. Taxi Bring in the hot driver. takes. Yeah. Um, Taxi drivers. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, this has been Hourglass and Crane Brewing. It's been Just Mercy. It's been into the abyss. It's been death row. It's been a. It's been dark subject matter. But folks, there's always time for justice. <laughs>